Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well, check out Give to Heal Teas. With our inspirational teas, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. That's Deal to Heal Teas. Get some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's Deal to Heal Teas at dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App. And make a donation to dollar sign E James, the number 418. Make a one time donation to the Cash App, or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome to Heal to Heal with E. James Podcast. On this podcast, my guest and I will discuss topics and ways to help us to heal in every area of our lives. I believe that everyone can live a life that is happy, healthy, and whole. So I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I'm your host, Ernest James, a.k.a. Friend to Fatherless Daughters on Instagram. And I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. To deal with your problems, to heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Because I believe everyone can and should live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. So again, let me thank you guys for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And today, just like any other day, we are blessed with a guest. We are here with Dr. Nicole. How are you doing? I am well. How are you doing today? I am good. I am good. We're going to jump right into it. So Dr. Nicole, tell us who you are, a little bit of who you are, and what it is that you do. All right. Well, here we go. My name is Dr. Nicole S. Jackson. I am your trauma healer, resilience builder, and healing box filler. What I do is I help you understand that healing from trauma is not forever, but being healed is forever. And we do that through self-reflection. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so again, we finna jump right in. So when (laughs) we talk about trauma, right? Because I've had different people on how would you define what trauma is? How would you define uh, the word, I guess? Okay. So I define trauma as a situation or situations which have rocked your emotional foundation. And it's actually causing you to be disturbed in your day-to-day life. So, okay. So what would be, uh, and just in general, because I know that we all go through different traumas and sometimes we don't recognize it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that everybody goes to some kind of trauma. Um, so what would be just in general uh, a trauma that we may be going through right now? And I just say we as whoever, <laughs> you know, as a collective, we may be going through mm-hmm. that. We don't even recognize that that it's a trauma, but definitely the ramifications of it will show up, you know, in another year or whenever it shows up. But like right now, we don't even recognize it. Like what would be uh, something that we may be going through right now? Well, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and say that the last two years have been absolutely filled with trauma. Some people have been during this pandemic. Some people have been able to stand strong and there have may have been some things that have occurred and they thought, you know what? Nothing. I'm still at it. Right. So I'm good. 
but there there's something and even if they slightly missed it or they just brushed it off there's something during this time that is going to surface again later because it wasn't dealt with it was just looked at as eh, you know and then of course we know there are those people who are highly traumatized and they know this right but it it goes to show that situations do not affect everybody the same right and how people respond to it is not going to be the same and how they how they manifest that the the fallout won't be the same either some some is going to be early some is going to be later on some is probably going to be not at all so there's levels to this right and i and i was going to bring up the pandemic that was going to be my follow up cuz i already knew that i was going to mention that anyway but just just because uh the reality of it 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 has been traumatic you know mm -hmm. uh, when we just think about the uh the lock being on lockdown you know when mm -hmm. we think about the, the divorce rate going up you know, uh, yeah. when you think about domestic violence going up, you know, mm -hmm. when you think about the, the loss of, of jobs, the loss of income, you know, that whole part of it. When we think about the loss of loved ones and right. not only just the loss of loved ones, but sometimes the number of loved ones. Um, I, I was a part of a uh, workshop I did a couple of weeks ago, um, which was a, uh, a forgiveness workshop. And in this workshop, you know, we were dealing with forgiveness. And the, one of the young ladies who was a participant was saying, during the pandemic, she lost 16 loved ones. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, can you imagine, you know, the trauma that that caused and how, you know, in this, in this environment that we're in now, you know, it's like, okay, well, it's just a pandemic. But can we really think about the, the effect that that's going to have uh, post pandemic, you know, like once we're out of this and things kind of calm down and, and get to that new normal, cause they'll never be normal again. You know, when all those things start coming up you start thinking about how much money you lost, how much property you lost, how much, whatever you lost, how many loved ones you lost and mm -hmm. actually have to deal with that in that real mental space. I think that's going to be a, a big thing you know, <clears throat> for the country as a whole dealing yeah. with the trauma of this, of this, uh, pandemic. Absolutely. The impact is going to be massive. And to be quite honest, you're already starting to experience the impact. Just think about how people are um, relating to others, right? Mm -hmm. Like people are still, the impact one is fear. And that's going to affect your trust, right? And so you're not going to trust people are probably being honest, or you're not going to trust people that you can be safe around people. So the impact is already starting. Oh, it's huge. And the impact even bigger is judgment, right? And uh, control. Some people feel like they've lost control. So what happens when people feel like they lose control? They feel like they got to gain it back somewhere mm -hmm. and they're going to go after people they think that they can do that with. Um, yeah. Our society is... Um, whoa, I don't know that people are absolutely ready for what it's actually going to look like, mm -hmm. right? We're only getting a glimpse of it right now. Yeah, and 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 another part that, that I think that a mm -hmm. lot of people don't, I mean, it's right in their face, but I don't know if they look at it, is the, um, the separation of people, you know, and just how, you know, at, at one time, uh, let's say if it was racism, you know, and then mm -hmm. it's classism. Now it's vaccinated, unvaccinated. You right. know what I mean? And so now your your neighbor is turning into your enemy, you know, because of this pandemic, you know, and those who are in control, you know, is making up the rules as they go along, you know, because I remember when it first started, I was like, all right, you got to be indoors, you know, if you get, you know, you catch the uh, coronavirus or whatever, you got to be indoors and, and, you know, locked away for two weeks. Then it mm -hmm. went to 10 days. Then it went to five days. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, which yeah. one is, it? is we safe? Ain't we safe? You know, then it's like, hey, come back to work. Like, well, I, I know my sister was saying they uh, had told her, the company that she worked for, to come mm -hmm. back to work, you know, told the people to come back to work. And they were like, well, you got people that's still sick. You can tell they're still sick. They're still coughing or whatever. And they're right. like, oh, don't worry about it. Just come to work. It's like, but 
Now you're going to get everybody sick. (laughs) And that's what I'm talking about. That's the impact that we're looking at. People are at each other when in fact the solution when dealing with any situation like this is really to come together mm-hmm. and really understand the perspective of the person who is opposite of you. Right. right? And we, I, I, the hope is that that's how the um, fallout is going to be dealt with in my mind is people are going to start understanding. It's just like any other everyday decision. Yeah. You have to respect the, the decision of the person who's making the decision because they're making it for a reason, even if they're not sharing it with you. And it doesn't mean that you have the right to try and have control, right? But those people have been traumatized, especially people who have lost people in this pandemic, right? All of a sudden, this is real. This is super real. This is like, but you got to do it this way and you got to do it that way. And if you don't do it this way, you're really not helping the people because I know this is real because I lost someone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, it's it's so much, I think is out of control. But it's so much out of control, you know, because even even with myself, I one of the things I do, amongst other things, is I do home health care. And so I take care of uh, people with disabilities. And I remember when the when uh, sort of in the beginning of uh, the pandemic, you know, some of the clients got sick and some of the um, uh, staff are our older staff. You know, and they were they were afraid, you know, just just to be honest, they were afraid. They're like, what is this new thing? And, you know, now they got it. What if I get it? And, you know, which is which is understandable because we none of us really knew what to to expect, you know. And so then you go into the whole thing of, you know, vaccinated or unvaccinated, you know, like the the clients not necessarily getting vaccinated, you know, because they have to have uh, the freedom of choice. You know, so because they can't verbally say yes or no, you can't just put that on them. Right. And so from the staff point of view, okay, now how does that affect me when I'm working with them? You know, Mm -hmm. knowing that they, you know, had it at one time, they got over it, you know, but who's to say they's not still carrying the virus, whatever, you know, all those questions. So it, it, it turns into a whole, you know, thing and people not really, just not really knowing how to, uh, communicate with each other and how to, to deal with it around the whole thing. You know, like I said, you got the people that you've been working with for years, you know, and you know, who, who's afraid of whatever, whatever, whatever decision that they're making, like you said, they're making that decision for a reason, but now you got a, a vaccinated person and unvaccinated person who's been working hand in hand for the last 10, 20 years. Right. Going at each other, you know what I mean? Like, well, you should get so, it, well, you shouldn't get it. You can look at this as thing. right. You can look at this as an active traumatizing situation. Definitely, if you you can look at it like that, right? Yep. People are still in the process of dealing with something that is causing a trauma response, right? And until this settles, it's going to be active. So, yeah, you're starting to see the impact. You're starting to see the fallout. But until the the situation stops and everybody can settle in, mm-hmm. you're just it, it's continuous. So and trauma right. is it's personal. Right. It's so personal. So when you feel like somebody is violating something so personal to you, this is why you're getting the emotions that you're getting. Right. Because it's like but this is why I'm doing it and I'm traumatized by it. And you're not understanding me. Right. And everybody's in their own trauma response bubble right, right. now. <laughs> and I was going to say bubble. <laughs> that was, that's definitely was going to be the same word I was going to use. Like everyone yes. on the many worlds, yes. you know what I mean? And, and trying to deal with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, things that they're dealing with. Um, so uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, um, so I, I know that, you know, when you have uh, most people where that find their purpose in, you know, helping others uh, with whatever the situation is, it comes from a place of, you know, self-experience. You know, um, I know my, my guests, not my guests, but <laughs> my listeners are like, oh, here we go with this again. However, I got to say it. <laughs> God gave me a quote you know, a couple of years ago when I was on my own journey. And that mm-hmm. quote is that pain births purpose, purpose births progress 
and progress is the evidence that God is at work. And so you have to, you know, as you're going through your journey and dealing with your own pain, it gives you a purpose to those who that you can emphasize with who's going through the same thing that you've been through. So knowing that uh, from my own experience, um, again, I believe that most coaches or people who care for people does it from a place of experience. So since you're the trauma doctor, as much as you're willing to share, what would be your experience that led you down uh, into the service and what you do? Everybody knows I will tell you that I am an adult survivor of childhood maltreatment, period. I am so transparent on that. Um, I have a recent book, The Soul Inside Out, a co um, collection of thoughts while on a healing journey. That's my story. And in there, I tell you, I went through a lot, but I came out with a roadmap. Okay. Because what I went through wasn't for me. Because not everybody comes out with the mindset that I came out with of, I had to figure out how to heal on my own. And I don't think everybody else should have to do that. Mm. Right. So I went through it because there was something for me to grasp and build on my way out. Right. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. you're, I, I smile big when you say that, because that's what I tell everybody. What I went through wasn't for me. And at this present moment in my life, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change anything because I am who I am because of what I went through. Right. But I, yes, go ahead. Oh, no, you, you finish. You finish. <laughs> um, and it drives me to make sure that people don't spend as many years as I spent trying to heal and find themselves. Because why? Because why, why, why should anybody have to do that? I've had people that I've worked with who held on their trauma for 45 years. And then they were like, where were you 45 years ago? I wasn't born 45 years ago, but bet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here now. Right. And I get, and I can help you. Right. So that's yeah. my drive. My I, drive. I, I love, Go ahead. I, I love that you, that you said that with that, uh, with your experience, because it, it is true. We we all go through uh, different experiences. Some of us go through the same experience, but it's mm -hmm. when you get on that the other side of that experience that makes the difference. And, and I say that, you know, uh, some of us, God gives us a choice when we're going through a situation. And that choice is, are we gonna be the victim or the victor of this situation. And those Sir. who come out on the other side as the victor, then he gives us the responsibility to go back and help the victims, you know? And so not everyone comes out of their situations uh, or their experiences with that mindset that, oh, it's bigger than me, you know? So do you want some stats on that? Sure. Want some stats on that? I um to get my doctoral <clears throat> for my doctoral study, I did a study on the resilience of women post childhood maltreatment. Okay, and what I found is less than ten percent of people who go through any of trauma come out resilient. You said less than how much? Ten percent. Less than ten percent. So let's look at some numbers. Let's say back in two thousand and seventeen. There were over 70,000 reports of child abuse. I could be a little off on the number. So whatever, let's just use it as an example. 10% of that came out resilient. And not a lot of people. Right. right. Not a lot of people at all. And that, I think that's, that's part of the reason why, you know, I, again, I, I think God chooses a handful of people who can handle the responsibilities yeah. that come with going through some of the things that you go through because yeah. of that same thing. Like you just said, everybody don't, don't come out on top, you know, and some of them, you know, are maybe a little stronger than others. And some of them just need some help along the way. And yes. so those, that's where us as the, the victors who come out on the other side and realizing that, okay, I went through this, but I went through it for a reason, more right. than just for my well-being. Now it's mm -hmm. my responsibility 
to reach back to those who are, are going through the same thing or similar to help them along the way. And so that's why I, I love talking to coaches. I love talking to, to uh, people that's in that, that same mindset, you know, of service, you know, and because we get it. You know what yes. I mean? And so I, yes. I love to hear that we get it. So I always ask the backstory, like, what is your story? Because you you came to this place for a reason. You It was a journey to get mm -hmm. you to this place, you know, of where that you can look back and help somebody else along their journey. So I love to, to uh, have that conversation. Um, you're, you're absolutely okay. accurate. Healers always have a backstory. There is a reason that you get into what sometimes is a thankless field. Oh, definitely. So you're yeah. accurate. Very accurate. I know one of the uh, one of the things, but and and I, during the since we mentioned the pandemic earlier, during the pandemic, you had our uh, essential workers, you know, and so I I feel in that category on, on two sides in the construction side because construction, you know, the infrastructure got to keep going. So yep. that was essential workers, and then the healthcare system. So that was yep. essential workers. And but it was like we were in some cases forced to work these this overload of, of that came because so many people were at home and whatever it was had to be at home. So now you have this whole infrastructure that you have to carry on your back. Right. And so, mm -hmm. so we're going to work. We're still doing what we're supposed to do. But, you know. They're giving out checks and stuff for people to sit at home. And the checks is higher for them to sit at home than it is for us. And we're the ones doing the work. We're the ones that's keeping, you know, the country going. And especially on the healthcare side, keeping, you know, uh, clients healthy or whatever, even in the hospitals, you know, people mm -hmm. coming in, exposing themselves to the virus, you know. Right. But we're doing all the work and it's like, okay, where's our benefit or, or something since we are essential and we chose to be you know right. but at some point yeah i did choose it but where's the where's the thanks <laughs> you know what i mean you know what it is it's thankless it's thankless but the reward that you get the reward that you get is absolutely amazing right the reward that you get is amazing because you get to see the amazing outcome of people healing, mm -hmm. right? You, you, you absolutely get, that's what it is for me is because in the end, you still end up with, sorry about that. You still end up with, um, you still end up with seeing what it is, you remembering why you do what you do. Right. You see what and I'm saying? Definitely. So that's definitely why. In, in healthcare, uh, definitely one of the, especially home healthcare. So when we talk about nurses and doctors and RNs, you know, as you go up in the, you know, the dynamics of healthcare, you do get financially, you know, the things get financially better, you know, but down on the ground, what I like to call down on the ground with the home yes. health base that's that's going to people's homes and taking care of them. Yes. You know, those who are disabled, who is taking care of them, you know, on that lower level, you know, it's because it's not because it's not the money. You know what I mean? It's because we have a heart for people and we love what we do, which is the reason yes. why we do it, you know, yep. and, and especially if, if anything, uh, that showed during the pandemic because Again, you got people sitting at home, you know, getting checks, making more than what you're making, and you're doing all this overtime and everything else. But there's a part of you that said, I do it for free, really, because it's a part of me that that's just who I am. I love people, I care for people, you know, yeah. and that's why I do it, you know. And yeah, so we share that, you know, that whole <laughs> that whole thing. Um, so uh another thing I wanted to talk about, and I think you kind of uh mentioned a little bit of it earlier uh, because I've had different people on who have talked about self-care and mm -hmm. I'm definitely big on it. Uh, that's why I have them on. Um, but your, yours seem to be from a different aspect, not necessarily self-care in those words, but your words were self-reflection. So how, yes. how is that process? What does that process look like? So self-reflection, self-care, I, I, 
advocate self-care wholeheartedly. I even have a program called The Power of Self-Care. Okay. Right. Wholeheartedly, I advocate that. But self-reflection is its own beast, to be quite honest, because it requires you to go within, to tap in to your healing, which you have the power of, and understand what it is that you need to heal. Some people, we as trauma survivors, and I say we, as trauma survivors, many times hang our healing on everyone else. Mm. We believe that we have to go to someone else in order to start the healing process. When in fact, that's the furthest from true, but that's how our medical system is set up. So what do you do? That's what you're told. You need help, go there. However, then you end up in therapy for 30, 40 years with no resolve. <laughs> Because you hadn't taken the time to look within, understand where you are and what you need so that you can tell that therapist what you need so that they are not guessing and they can then give you what you need to help you heal. Quite frankly, I am complimentary to everyone's healing process. I provide you the tools. I provide you the skills because that's important. Some people will provide you tools and no skills. And here you are with a, a you know, a hammer and you don't know how to use it. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. <I've> been there. <laughs> you got wood to build a house and you don't know what you're doing. Right. Mm. So self-reflection allows you to sit with you. It allows you to say, you know what? Yeah, I got a problem with that. I got a problem with this. It allows you to begin to understand your emotions and the pain attached to your emotions and understanding how to begin looking at it. When I hear this sound, this is how I'm going to respond. This is going to be my trauma response to that because it makes me feel this way. This is not taught. This is not how people are operating. And to me, you can't even begin to say I'm healing until you have sat with yourself. And this is why, because you can go out there and you can have people pouring into you and you've hung your healing on them. And when they leave, your healing goes with them mm -hmm. because it wasn't yours and it didn't come from you. I think, I think a lot of times, uh, I think a lot of times when we talk about self-care, I think it's a, a big misunderstanding uh, sometimes for, for those who may have not been introduced to it and don't really understand what it is. And and I, I see a lot of it sometimes with, with mothers, you know, and because usually <laughs> a, a mother, uh, and not just, just mothers, but women in general, uh, I would say probably have more of uh, a time with it because it's almost, the, they almost see it as a selfish act instead of a selfless act. Um, but I believe that yes. it's, it, it's probably the most, I guess you could say it's selfish, but it's probably the most selfish but unselfish thing you can do, which is to take care of yourself. You know, because if you can't take care of yourself, how can you take care of anybody else? How can else? you take care of anybody else if you can't dig deep? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I tell people all this. I have a whole chapter in my book called Selfish. I kid you not. And it, it's telling you that it is okay to be selfish. It is okay. And it, it it's, it's actually, I say, selfish is the new self-care. Hmm. Okay? Because it is. Because if you can't take the time to pour into you and refill you, you're going to give from an empty cup. And at one point, you're going to be giving from fumes. You have nothing. Right. right. And so then when it comes time, like who? who? Who's pouring back into you? If you have no one pouring back into you, you have to pour into yourself. You right. have to find the things that are going to rejuvenate you and re and revitalize you and get you back to that space. But not only that, when you begin to do self-care as a mother, as a woman, you begin to understand your self-worth. You begin to understand how to set boundaries, enforce those boundaries, 
and understand who is there, who who is there for you or who is there for you. Right, right. right. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. Um, and it's okay to be selfish. I tell everybody because the first thing you hear is I don't have time. You don't have time for what is what I ask them. Right. I say, you got time. I said, what you're going to do is you're going to get your calendar. I don't care what kind of calendar you use. You'd like to write the old fashioned way. Do you want to put it in your phone and have a sounding alarm? Start out by putting yourself in your calendar for five minutes every day. Make yourself a meeting. Make yourself the most important meeting that you're going to have every day. And even if that five minutes is to step away and take a couple of deep breaths and just recenter yourself throughout the day, then go ahead and up it to 10, 20. In a minute, you're going to have it at an hour. Nobody's going to be able to tell you nothing. Right. This is my time, right? We start in baby steps. And it's okay to be selfish. It drives me crazy when people say, you're so selfish. You're supposed to be selfless for who? Right. And I and, and my and one of the things I, I like to tell people who have a problem with that, like you do have people who you're responsible for that you give yourself to and that you love. Right. But your love will turn into resentment when you're not getting fed, when you're not getting back what you need, it's gonna turn into resentment because it's gonna be like, I do all of this for everyone, but no one does for me. Well, we go back to talking about those boundaries. If you don't do for you, why would they do for you? You know what I mean? Because you haven't showed them how to do for you. Like people, honestly, people don't under, this is why self-reflection is important because you have to be able to show people how to care for you, how to love you, how to talk to you, or they're going to talk to you any old kind of way. Like if you let someone talk to you any old kind of way and it flies, they're going to believe that that's how you like to be spoken to. Yep. And that's how they're going to continue to treat you. That's why self-care is important. That's why self-reflection is important because you begin to stand out, right? And you begin, I'm not no, I'm not a doormat. I don't walk on eggshells. And if you don't like it, that's a you problem, not a me problem. Um, <laughs> you get yep. you get to that, you get to that point. And it is so freeing. Can I tell you how freeing it is? <laughs> And I, I think someone, uh, I heard the analogy one time and they asked, the question was, if you went to an ATM and the ATM gave you $100 and you didn't put nothing in and you just went to it and pushed 100 and it shot out $100 and you went the next day and it shot out another $100, how many times would you go to that ATM and when would you stop? You know, right. it was like, I will stop when it stopped giving, you know, right. and it says, so you have to think of yourself as the as the person that's given as the the you know the giver you're that atm and that yes. other person just like they said they're going to keep coming as long as you're giving and then right. when they when you're done giving you have nothing else to give then they're going to walk away and, now and that's, that's why right empty. right right and that's why i said you got to understand who's there for you and who's there for you mm -hmm. <laughs> right yep. because that's the right. best analogy ever to 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 put it out there it's so accurate right and so at some point you have to take your own uh control you know first of all putting yourself first you know like i said making that time for yourself definitely i was i was just talking to someone the other day and you know they were telling me that they you know they were feeling better that day but they had been feeling you know a little some kind of way uh, a day of before or whatever. And I was mm -hmm. telling them, I was like, I'm 45, you know, and they're in my age group too. And I'm like, we're at that place now. We have to make self-care as part of <laughs> our, 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 our thing. It has to be part of it now. We're getting older, you know, and I was telling them, you need to start going to get massages. I'm like, when was the last time you got a massage? Like, we never, speak the same you know? language, like, sir. You, you got to start getting massages. You know, we that, speak that the has same to be language. Oh my. Yeah, especially when you're when your body is again, I'm 45. So my body already changing. You know, I'm already getting <laughs> older. You know, and so when your body is already changing just with age, you know, you gotta you gotta do some maintenance. You know, you gotta keep it up. You gotta learn how to relax. You gotta learn how to mentally relax. 
you know, and right. nobody's going to do it for you, especially when you have kids, especially when you have a husband right. or a wife, right. and a job and a family. The list can go on and on and on. The list can go on. Would be where do you fit on that list? It's your list. Right. But where's your name at? You know? Right. Let me tell you when I first started really understanding the importance of self-care was after I had my son and he got older. And, you know, everybody's like, I can't go to the bathroom. I can't do this. I can't do that. Right. I invented something called mommy timeouts. Okay. <laughs> Let me explain mommy timeouts to you. Mommy timeouts meant I was exercising my boundary. Yes, you're my child. However, I'm not putting you in timeout. I'm going into timeout. I'm going into my room and I'm setting a timer. And every time you talk to me, my time starts over. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you want to see me anytime soon, anytime soon, don't, don't come to this door. Don't stick your little fingers under it. Don't say mommy. Don't like, don't summon me <laughs> because I'm going to be here for a minute. Should you do that? Right. And it's, it's those small it's those small things. And don't get me wrong. I wasn't abandoning my child. There was other adults oh, in the house. Right. And, right. But I knew that I, you have, you have to exercise those things. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate when people, I give that disclaimer because sometimes people, the first thing they say is, well, you're a mommy, you had the kids. And so you're responsible for them. So what do you mean you need a break? What do you mean that you need time for yourself? What do you mean? If you didn't want to have them, you shouldn't have had them. If you didn't want to care for them, you should stop it. Stop right. it now. Knock it off. Because it doesn't matter that you had children, be it one or 10, right? You still need to refill mm -hmm. because you have people pulling at energy that they have no right technically to have. And so understanding how to replenish that is important. But I'm going to say this. We're starting too late in life understanding that. Yeah. We need to, what it is, is we're a reactive society. Right? We're, but we're not, we're reactive. We're not proactive. We're not teaching our children at younger ages that this is what you need to do. You need some time to yourself. You need to center. You need to ground. At four years old, I taught my son to breathe deep when he became upset. People think, oh, they're too young. No, they're not. This is where it starts because right. you put it into their brains, their little computers, and you put it into their, you circulate it through their daily routine. And as they grow older, it, main, it remains. They don't lose it. But then as people are getting older, they're trying to figure out how. Right? They're trying to figure out how. And some, for some people, it's too late because they've already fallen into the cycle of what society believes a person should do if they're married or if they have children. And this mm -hmm. goes for men and women because some men, they work and work and work because their responsibility is to care for their family. When right. do they, when are they refilled? Right. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, I, I, I definitely agree with you 100% on that, you know, because we're, we're not taught and then a lot of times, unfortunately, before we get to the point where we think, okay, let me sit down and, and rest my body, my bo our body sits us down. You know, <laughs> that the part. body is like, I can't take no more. You know, next you know, you got people having strokes, you got people right. having heart attacks, you have your, your body is saying, look, you're not giving me no rest, you know, and I'm at the point where I can't operate on full potential. So I got to set something down, you know, and so now your body starts shutting itself down. You know, right. and so the, this whole self self care thing it, it goes, <laughs> it's so broad because it, it reaches in so many different it areas. Does. You know, every area of our life, and we really have to stop and think and put into practice. You know, and like like we've been I, saying, if you yeah. if you don't think about how you're going to take care of yourself, if you don't take care of yourself, you know right. what I mean? It's like as, right. as a man, especially being in construction too. You know, we do physical work and it's like, all right, I got to go to work. I got to do this for my family. But at some point you got to start thinking, okay, how is me pushing myself every day, every day, every day? It has to be a point that I stop to recharge. I stop to rest my body, you know, because just, in, just mention the construction, because that's what I do. It's hard on your body. Yeah. You know, I'm a bricklayer. Most of my, my bricklayer friends 
who are a little older than me, right before they retire, they got hip replacements. They got, uh, um, what is it? Tropical, uh, tropical tunnel. You know, they got all these things. Now they're trying to get everything fixed, you know what I'm saying, before they retire. You know, <laughs> but it's like at some point, we got to start addressing this when we're coming in as apprentices, 18 years old, 19 years old, we just getting into the trade and say, okay, this is, you know, we got this opportunity to, to build these things and have a great career. But let's teach you now, just like I'm teaching you how to lay brick, let me teach you how to take care of yourself. Let me yes. teach you how to lay the brick the right way so you don't get copper tunnel. You know, right. you have to start addressing those things early uh, to our youth, to our right. know, ourselves, our brothers, sisters, whoever, you know, to put that self-care in our everyday lives, to pencil that time in, whatever yep. it is, so that when we get to 20, 30, 40 years down the line, we're still just as healthy mentally and physically as right. we were, you know, years ago. And, and yes, and you are, but that's how it works, right? We, we're trying to, um, we're trying to learn something new and we're slow on the uptake, but I think the problem is that people overthink it. Mm hmm self-care can be as simple as taking a walk, going out to the back and doing some gardening, you know, um, sitting down with your feet in some water and doing a self pedicure. It's not something that has to be, you know, extravagant all the time. Just take time for yourself. Don't overthink it. If you feel like you're tired and you feel like you need to get some things done, then go ahead and do that. You know what I mean? You go ahead and do that. You go ahead and take care of that. Yeah, um, one of the things one of the things that I started doing, uh, I used to run on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. I, I think my exercise thing, 30 minutes on the treadmill every day. Get on the treadmill, put my earphones on, I'm running. Um, one day, I just I'm gonna go to the park. I went to the park, I walked around the park. They uh, you know, um kind of goes through like forest preserve or whatever, uh -huh. walk through the park, changed my life. I don't want to go to the treadmill no more, you know. Right that, that time of being by myself and walking and being in nature and hearing the, the birds sing and that, that whole thing, it went from being a, a thing of a physical exercise, which is where it started. You know, I'm just trying to get some exercise, but the experience of walking outside and the, the nature and all of that became yes. a full body uh, relaxation thing for me, you know? And yes. so now I'm like, oh, no, I, I, I don't even want to get on the treadmill. You know, and it don't matter whether I walk or whether I run, but being outside, taking that time, I went from 30 minutes to an hour. So now right. I'm taking an hour every day, you know, just to myself. You know, sometimes I listen to music, sometimes I don't, but right. just that detox time, just to relax mm -hmm. your mind, relax your muscles, you know, and we have to start mm -hmm. making that a part of our everyday. Experience. You have to make it a priority, just like you make things a priority for your children, for your wife, for your husband. You have to make yourself a priority. And that's where self-care comes in, without a doubt. Definitely. Okay, I got one more thing before, before I let you go. Uh, yes. I want to talk about. Um, when we, uh, one of the things that you talk about is leaving a trauma-free legacy. Yes. Right? And so when I think about just the word legacy itself, uh, to me, it's, it kind of says, you know, what's after me. Right. So what's mm -hmm. what's coming after me? Yes. Right. So uh, when I think about leaving a, a legacy, I'm thinking about leaving something for my children. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we talk about leaving a trauma free legacy in order to begin to leave a trauma free legacy means at some point we were living a trauma field legacy. Right. So yeah. just as an example, give me maybe one thing that. Uh, you may address that may have been a, a trauma field experience that you say, okay, that was your experience. Let me show you how to, ch you know, channel that and switch that over into a trauma free legacy. So you're not passing that on to your children. How we speak to our children. Mm. So growing up, it was your child. You're meant to be seen. You're not meant to be heard. You follow instructions. You really, you don't have an opinion. Right. Like, yeah. be quiet. The elders are speaking. And what you need to say, it's like it's like peasant level. 
let's go ahead and be honest. It's peasant <laughs> level. So you're a peasant, you're a child, stay in a child's place. Mm -hmm. So, right? Yeah. So then as your children grow up, you wonder why they don't talk about how they feel. You wonder why so many things are happening to them and you don't know until it's too late. Right. Because growing up, you were told the same thing. You're meant to be seen and not heard. Right? Right. So then you get a generation of people who suppress. They have higher levels of trauma. They really don't know how to deal with the things that they face because no one's ever taught them how to process it and talk about it because they were supposed to be quiet. Right? Right. I'm going to use me as an example because I'm, I got, I'm, I guess I'm the best <laughs> example that I have. Growing up, I was the peacekeeper. I wanted to see everybody happy. Right. I didn't mm -hmm. want to see anybody upset. But that also meant growing up, people took advantage of me. People walked all over me. People talked to me how they wanted to. And my voice was not heard. You see what I'm saying? It just wasn't heard. Right? And um, I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry about that. All right. Too many people are mm -hmm. operational right now. Okay. So <laughs> I take that as dealing with my child now, right? I tell my child that you have a voice. If you have concerns, it's okay for you to come and talk to me and tell me your concerns. Mm -hmm. Please don't sit on them. Do not suppress them. Do not walk around because even as in childhood, parents were never wrong. They were always right, even if they were wrong. And one of the questions mm -hmm. you would get is, so you tell me I'm lying? And they yep. dared you to say yes. <laughs> right? They dared yep. you, even though they were dead wrong. You said no. You complied to what it is that they wanted. And you carried that because you couldn't process the fact that the person was absolutely wrong. But you couldn't tell them. So as you grow up into adulthood, when people are wronging you, you don't necessarily tell them. You just deal with it. And then here we go back together like nothing ever happened. Mm. Right. So you're reliving that trauma. In general. Right. I tell my yeah. son and this is the legacy that I'm leaving for him. You have a voice. Use it. I'm telling you to use it which means you can't get in trouble because the one thing I don't want is for you to think that someone has the right to walk over you and shove your voice back down because they don't want to hear it. Right. I tell myself when I'm wrong, if I thought something and then I find out that I am in inaccurate, I will go to him and apologize and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I was wrong. And to me, that's leaving a legacy that he's able to expect people, one, to treat him with respect and respect his face and respect him as a person and understand that if you're around people who can't tell you when they are wrong, those are the wrong people to be around. Right, right. So then he is going to transition that over to his children. And hopefully this is now the legacy that is left you have a voice and yeah, all and I, you, go ahead I, I think that's very important uh definitely with with men um to be able to uh, apologize and, and and even apologize to your your child um yeah. one of my previous uh episodes that i did <clears throat> i actually you know had a conversation with one of the fathers and he was saying that how he um went to his daughter and he you know, apologize to his daughter, you know, for some experiences, you know, that they had within the family. And mm -hmm. uh, I even made a, a clip. Actually, one of them just I made a clip just of that part. 
you know, and it's on, on part of my YouTube page. And it's one of the highest clips that I, highest watched, viewed clips that I have to date so far, okay. you know, because it's unheard of, you know, even though it should be part of our everyday, you know, our everyday thing, we have to be able to, especially as men, to acknowledge when we're wrong and be vulnerable enough to say, I'm sorry, you know, right. because it, it, it balances out, especially when we're talking to our boys, it balances out this whole thing of, you know, you got to be tough, you got to suck it up, whatever. Yep. But there's a part of, there's a, it has to be a balance. And yep. a, a lot of the issues that we've had in, in manhood, especially with our boys is pushing it to that one side. So we're so much uh, pushing so much of, you know, you got to be strong. You got to hold your head up, whatever, that we don't learn how to deal with our emotions. And then <laughs> right. when, we, when we hit an emotional uh, situation, we don't know how to react. So right. guys that don't know how to cry, so they react in anger, which right. sends us into the system. You know, right. so we have to have, be able to have those conversations. We have to be able to be vulnerable with our children. You yes. Know, and it be, to be able to give them that example of what it is and what it looks like, you know, to have that balanced lifestyle, definitely. And so just to give you one more that people might relate to, if that's okay, mm -hmm. um, is you need to, you need to uh, use corporal punishment to get your children to comply. I get a lot of heat for this all the time, but I believe talking outweighs physical retri retribution. retribution. <laughs> um, and the reason is, it's because then it goes into that anger thing that you're talking about. You learn that if people are not complying with you, you respond with anger. You uh, you put you put your hands on them to get them to do what you want, right? When yeah. in fact, if you talk to <clears throat> when you talk to your children or when you talk to people, they get an understanding, and then there's a lesson out of that. I use my voice to get what I want. I use my voice to control my surroundings and my circumstances. And I don't beat up on people because they're not complying with what I want, right? Mm -hmm. That is a legacy. That 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 is a trauma filled legacy, and it goes way back. Yeah, that it goes back. Goes it way goes back. generations deep, right? So I use this analogy: when you have a chain, right? Because trauma, historical trauma, is a chain reaction. Mm -hmm. somebody has to be that link that breaks free. Somebody has to be that link that opens up and says that enough is enough and begin to, at them, start a new chain reaction of healing, a new chain reaction of, of trauma-free legacy. Somebody has to do it, right? And it right. becomes amazing when you begin to see this, right? Me and my siblings, we made the decision we're going to do opposite of what we had. You see what I'm saying? We're going to do the opposite of, 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 what, of what we experienced. Right. And so we started building that chain. And now our children understand we talk. We work it out. And no, you may not agree or I may not agree, but in the end, you know, I just take stuff. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a and, and you know and this and this generation, uh, the taking stuff seems to be worse than it was, you know, like it's almost worse than a physical pain, you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, and <laughs> It is because you have just rocked the <laughs> you have just rocked the world. But you know what? They understand that I had to earn that, and because of what I did, I've no longer earned it. Right. And so I need to get back on track so I can have what I want. Because another thing that you're going to learn is that hmm, technically nothing in life is free. Yep. Definitely. And so 
doing what you're supposed to be doing, being compliant, basically. I tell my son sometime, you know, <clears throat> if this was your job, you'd probably be fired. Because mm. what? <laughs> and you'd have no money, yeah. sir. <laughs> right? You'd have no money at all. Right? And so you're using it to teach different kinds of lessons as opposed to um, as opposed to using physical and corporal punishment because five minutes later they're going to be doing the same thing and they've learned absolutely nothing. Right. So yeah. those are the legacies that we are le are living towards, you know, leaving towards trauma free. Right, right. Dr. Nicole, I'm I'm so glad to have you on. So glad to have you. Thank you, know, you for having me. Yeah, yes. Um, I'm going to give you the last, the last word, um, give us something, a word of advice, whatever, and then definitely give us, uh, whatever programs that you have to offer and let, uh, let my listeners know where they can find you at in order to get in contact with you, uh, for your services or just to follow you, just to listen to you talk. <laughs> <laughs> the floor is yours. All right. Thank you so much for having me. This has been absolutely amazing. I can talk about this topic all day long. I love it. Um, let's see. It's easy to reach me. I'm at NicoleSJackson.com. That's where you're going to find uh, the books and journals and programs that are offered um, from emotional first aid to um to power of self-care to the reflections to healing academy which is a the reflection to healing academy is a 52-week program and the others are about about six weeks or so and you just dig into you and you begin to heal you i can be followed on ig and uh, doctor underscore n-i-c-k-i-e so dr nikki Best advice that I can give you is healing is intentional. You have to operate with intention. And when you're doing it, you need to operate with surgical precision. You need to make it your goal to remove band-aids because they get soggy and fall off and then here we are. You're going for the root cause when you're healing. We don't go surface. You go deep. And it's sometimes very difficult, but you got to push through and make sure you have a support system that is where you are. The one thing I can tell you is I can always tell where somebody is in their healing by the people that they've surrounded themselves with. Mm. You have two kinds. You have the people who are surrounding themselves with people who will fall off when they fall off because it's easy and they're not really ready, but they, yep. they're just getting their toes wet. And then those people are going to fall off with them and say nothing. And then you got those people. They've surrounded themselves with people who truly understand where they desire to be. And if they begin to fall off, they're going to check them. They're going to be like, nope, this is not what we're doing right now. You're going to be mad at me, and that's okay. And I might even be mad at you because you're not listening. Mm -hmm. But we're going to rock it till the wheels fall off. We're going to put some new wheels on, and we're going to keep going. Right? So understand where you are in your healing. That's <laughs> what I have. And also the goal is to not just survive, but to thrive. And there is a difference between the two. Definitely, definitely. I, I, I thank you. Thank you so very much for you know. Thank you for those words, and and I'm glad you said in, intentional because um, I have two words that I, it was my words for the beginning of the year, but it's, it kind of transferred to this year too. So mm -hmm. it might be my two words forever, <laughs> which is intention, uh, intentional, and balance. You know, so that's those two things I, I keep at the forefront of my mind. Everything that I do, I want to be intentional about it. And when I go to do it, I want to make sure that the balance is there, you know, yes. uh, can't go too far to the left or to the right, you know, because I want to maintain, you know, this peace that I have. So I have to be careful and intentional about 
you know, where I, what I do and how I move. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you said that. Uh, again, Dr. Nicole, thank you so very much uh, for being Thank you on. for having me. No problem, no problem. To all my listeners, I thank you guys for hanging around with us, listen to us talk. And I'm, I'm hoping and I pray that you guys are getting something out of these uh, discussions that we're having. Again, this is Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And we're on a mission to help people to deal to heal and to fulfill, to deal with your problems, to heal from the pain and to fulfill your purpose. So until next time, we will see you guys next week. Hey guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730. In order to receive text messages, with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right. See you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the deal to heal with E James podcast. Remember to listen, like subscribe and share. This episode has been brought to you by deal to heal teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.